Hey, everybody. It's um, the day after our first snowfall, but everybody's in good spirits here in North Dakota. It's Tisa and Katie, and we have a really awesome guest here. We've been visiting all morning. We should have had uh, the record button started. Her name is Becky Matthews, and I can't wait to hear your story, Becky. Yes, good morning. It's nice to be here this morning. So our podcast is called Hearts and Hooves, Turquoise and Trauma. So you've, you've been um, invested in horses for a while. When did you get your first horse? I did not own my first horse till I was in my 30s. I was a late horse um, rider. I grew up in town, didn't own horses, and I... My dad, when I, after I had my first kid, um, decided to move to the country, my parents, and we got horses. And then I didn't buy my first horse until I was in my 30s. So I'm still earning my cowgirl credentials at 48. Well, I, I think you're always, Tisa just did a story with Beck. You're always um, getting. It's never ending. It's never ending. Yeah, I'm at the point of I'm finally able to get my horse already by myself and know which bit goes with which horse and which saddle each everybody rides and so I'm I'm you know I kind of depended on my dad um since it was always on his property that when I would go up it was kind of my dad and my timer the kids um that dad was always helping as dad gets older and as I want to ride a little bit more since um, we've had some changes my parents moved sold their property and moved to Bismarck um that I want to ride on my own I'm I'm getting more independent with it well, Becky, you mentioned earlier, um, as with a lot of people that listen or go through life, you have had some challenges throughout the past 40 years, and they include cancer and losing children. And there was a piece of your heart that went with a horse. How did your journey with the horses help you maintain and get through life and maybe even bring you some happiness? So... 15 years ago, I, um, we decided to have a third child and, um, at 16 weeks found out it was twins. And that was the last good news of that pregnancy. Um, had to go to Ohio, um, to a high risk OBGYN thought I'd be on bed rest the rest of the pregnancy. Thought we may need to terminate one twin to save the other, um, and ended up losing both twins. And I thought that whole summer was going to be out for me riding because I'd be on bed rest. Um, knew we were gonna have micro preemies that would have to be delivered in Minneapolis and how long I'd have to be down there. And then how was I gonna fit riding in with having preemie twins? Um, so when we lost the twins, I remember the first time going on a ride after that thinking that this parallel world of oh my God, the only reason I'm able to ride right now is because my twins aren't here, but oh my God, I get to ride. Um, and not wanting to be alone, but really not wanting to be with people. Like people expected things from you or wanted to talk to you or ugh, like there's just a lot of pressure at that point to be around people. And my horse just didn't expect anything from me, but I wasn't alone. Like I had this relationship and this whole internal discussion with the horse and a relationship with the horse, but I only had to give what I could give. And that was it. It was all just about the ride and just all about grooming and all about just that moment. It wasn't about, do you need to cry today? Do you want to talk about it today? Nothing. I, you know, I think we talk a lot about living in the moment or mindfulness and 
there's nothing more to me than being mindful in that moment with like everything you do with your horse is mindful. Um, when you're not mindful is when things happen and you get hurt. Like every moment of grooming and just that bond. Sometimes through my cancer, I got diagnosed with cancer a year ago when I haven't felt up to riding just the grooming of the horse and that building up on that way or catching a horse out of the field in the pasture and petting it. Just that time that you're mindful with the horse lets that other stuff go away. And, um, but yeah, when my horse died, my horse died very suddenly um, several years after we lost the twins. And <laughs> that was my therapy horse. If anyone asked me about Shooter, that was my therapy horse. And uh, I was a mess. I was a mess because I thought, who's going to be my therapy horse now? Like there were other, my, we had other horses, but no, no, but none of the other horses were like that. And luckily soon after we found two other horses and Penny is now my therapy horse. She is who I seek out when I go out. Like there might be other work I'm doing with my other horses or both my other girls like Penny too. So I have to share, but um, when I can, that's who I go find. You brought up mindfulness and it's such a um, catch word. And yeah, it's so popular in today's lingo and uh, meditation. Like, I don't know about you girls, but like I've tried to meditate, but you're like sitting on your yoga mat and I'm like, I really should be folding laundry and like do it. I should be doing this or that. And finally you get up like, screw it. I'm just going to go scrub my floors because I can see all these dust bunnies when I'm doing yoga. But when you get on your horse, I realize like that truly is mindfulness because you don't think about the 13 piles of laundry, um, what you're going to make for supper. Um, it's just so easy to be present in that moment. What I'm hearing is it's like a doctor can come prescribe a medicine or a drug or whatever to regulate you, but the horse completely replaced that in, bo in both these stories. Like you needed to get rid of the anxiety, the worry, you didn't want to be around people. And that horse was that adjustment that made you regulate and almost train you drug free. Yeah. Well, it, because you have to, I mean, the whole, I mean, when I first started riding, there was a fear for me because I didn't grow up with horses of this huge animal. Like, a horse could kill you. A horse doesn't have to accept you on its back. It is a complete relationship of love and respect, of, of trust. And how do you replicate that? Like, there is none. And I'm, I'm a big dog person, too. Like, my dog's 100 pounds. The same thing. When I take my dog for a walk, he doesn't, he could just pull me over and be done. But that we have a relationship of he trusts me that I'm the boss, not going to lead him the wrong way. And I trust him that he's not going to kill me <laughs> but um, and take care of me. And he's also been a big part of my cancer journey, just really watching out for me and always being there with me. But the thing with the horse is that that trust that we are going to do a job together and we're going to work together and we have this bond in this relationship. Um, to say my faith has struggled in the between losing the twins and the cancer diagnosis, my cancer is incurable. Um, it can be treated, but it is incurable. Would it has struggled to no end? But for me, every time I get done, when I'm on my horse or I'm done, I'm almost in tears because of the gratefulness I have of that I got to spend that time with my dad or out in nature or with my horse. Or I get to leave and there's dirt under my nails, like the grounding of like I leave and I don't shower right away because I have that smell on me. It, it, there's something grounding. 
I was just going to ask that. Um, so, Beck, you know where I work, and we had a young boy. Um, he was about 14, and he started coming here when he was 14. But prior to that, he had been in and out of treatment, um, drugs, alcohol, suicide attempts. Um, he had done, done some things in school that were sexually inappropriate to a girl. And one day he was riding um, a horse named Annie, which is ironic because Annie and I didn't always see eye to eye. Anyway, and one day he said, Katie, can I get off? And I was kind of surprised. I said, you can if you want. And he just gave her a big hug. And he had like a red um, handkerchief or, you know, for lack of a better word, scarf thing. And he rubbed it on her. And he said, um, I just, I wish I would have met Annie earlier and I wouldn't have gotten in so much trouble. So from that day forward, he rubs the scarf on Annie so he can bring it with because he can't always have a horse. Is there anything that you've done like when you've been sick or, you know, just the different times to help you get in that moment other than not showering? <laughs> well, I have um, different horse pictures around my house. Um, I have my, like my screensaver on my phone and my computer is horses. And um, a lot of my visualization going to sleep, when you talk about meditating, my meditation is not like meditation it is visualizing either a trip we're going on or riding horse or something I've done that's calming in the past. That's my visualization is either. And when I do that, it is, I really get to the point of is the sights, the smells and the doing like I, I have been able to train myself to get to the, the, the what it sounds like, what it smells like, what I see, what I feel. So, um, you know, sitting through chemo for hours or um, wow. I've been, I work on that. Um, some of the anxiety at night I have, um, I was at Mayo for six weeks, so I wasn't even at home because I had a stem cell transplant. So there's a lot of times where um, you can train yourself, but I don't take BS meditations that don't mean anything to me. I really have to have it be something that I'm looking forward to in life. I love the beach too. Like, oh, we're going to go on this trip or we're going to go on this hike or something that I've already done and, and build that in with all those senses kind of in my mind. So uh, if we jump back a little bit um, prior to kids and, you know, when you were graduating high school, went to college, you always knew you were going to save the world and you became an, you became an OT. So could you, if you hadn't had this experience about um, being so sensory rich and, you know, engaging all of your senses, would it, would you believe it? You know, I, even through that, even through my education at OT, I worked with mental health. I did not work with children when I was an occupational therapist. I worked in behavioral health, mostly inpatient. Um, psychiatry, um, which is like the most sensory deprived place you can be almost just for safety. Um, I think it's just been life that you have to find what works for you. And I've had to find it. I mean, after I lost the twins, my thing was I have to get stronger to make my girls proud that we lost. And also I had two older children. Like every day I had to get up and be a mom. Um, now my thing is I have to get up and be a mom. And I'm also a community member. And I could have given, I'm a county commissioner. I could have given that up. But it has given me a purpose every day. And I still get to help my community 
with some boundaries on my own terms. Like I don't have meetings after one o'clock because I have to take a nap every day. That's where my energy level is. Um, I have no problems doing that. (laughs) I'm setting those boundaries. Like that is how it is. Um, If I'm going to ride horse that day, I'm going to need to change where some of my energy goes. I might not go for a walk that morning. You know, I have to, um, but you figure out what works because that's what you have to figure. I guess for me, I've had to make sure I have a purpose. Like I have, I have to get up and take care of my kids every day. Like that was the only thing that got me out of bed. Um, during that time, this at this point in time, it's the kids still, but I also have things I want to do in my community that I earned a place at a table. I'm going to keep my place at that table because I speak for people that can't speak for themselves. That's so awesome. Can I expound on that just a little? So you've had all these important things that you've had to go accomplish, get through no matter what. And the horse was almost a communication, uh, a line, a lifeline that helped you. How are the other things that a horse taught you with this communication and stabilization help you communicate with people and do your job? Maybe you had to put yourself in that moment. I'm going to calm down. I'm on my horse. I'm going to handle this. Okay. So... I'm not a county commissioner. So at meetings, there's times I don't agree with how things are going and really having to sit and say, this is where I'm at. How do I best communicate like what I want without not just making people mad, but under like have have them understand where I'm coming from, because I can tell my horse what I want it to do. If I'm not talking the horse's language, (laughs) it's not going anywhere. We're just going to butt heads. It's not going to go anywhere. Communicate. Okay. So a lot of times with the horse, if we're just banging our heads against each other, because I'm not communicating the horse's language, it's not much different with people. (laughs) Probably not much different than with my kids. I mean, I have five kids. If I'm not speaking their language and their currency, it's not going to go far. So between my, you know, my county commission work and working with people and making connections, you have to be speaking that other person's language or the horse's language to team up and be a partner you're not going to get someone you can't just pull someone along and say you're coming with and this is what we're going to do you have to partner with them for them to believe in what you're doing together or you're getting nowhere you kind of lost that sense of partnership haven't we a huge and 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 why you're partnering is it partnering so you can have power so you can have say so you can say this is what I did and what I did and what I did or is a partnership to say this is helping our community be better is this helping our family be better is this helping serve someone that can't serve themselves do better um nothing for me without I do in the community is for me and my family to do better it's for someone who doesn't have what me and my family have do better I wish everyone had the same chance as my children have even though right now it really sucks when your mom has cancer, like sometimes, you know, but my kids also have the opportunity that they can go see a counselor and that's open and, and available to them, that they have grandparents nearby, that we have a lot of friends, that we have a, a strong support system. Um, that's what I would hope for everyone. Um, so how can we help? How can I help influence that for other kids and other people in our community to have that? So not only are you doing that you're influencing and leading by example and working with a cancer a disease that ultimately doesn't have the I still right. in commission meetings 
and those videos live in archives forever. Okay. Completely bald. <laughs> what I was getting at was you are a leader, but you also in the horse world or in your county commission world look up to community members or people stories like Jean Beter had. Oh you look you look up to that and something about the horse and our healing, there's always these inspirational people that maybe keep you going as well. Well enough horse will humble you. I mean, you, you're never, I don't care what your name is when you walk into your horse, they could care less that you just won an election or an award or you just got a race. They don't care. They don't care. They humble you. Like, I, so this last weekend, my dad was gone hunting. So my daughter wanted to ride horse. So her and I went out. It was Thursday when it was so nice out here in North Dakota, you know, almost 80 degrees. And, we went out and so I needed to get on my horse by myself. This is a, this is a struggle for me because I'm not as strong um, as I was. And so I needed to use a stool. Sorry, cowgirl needed to use a stool. So I did, it's better for their weather. Oh, thanks. So, but my horse wasn't really used to it. And I tried it and it wasn't working. And I, I could tell I was getting frustrated. And I'm like, okay, what, what am I going to do? So I, finally I got the horse by the trailer and put the stool on the other side to great problem solving. Right. And I had to show my daughter, like, we're not just going to give up. We have to problem solve through this. And then first time I tried, she walked through, tried it again. And I slowly just talked to her the whole time. Like, honey, I need you to do this. This is the only way I'm going to get to ride. And I slowly just kind of walked and took it a lot slower and just took, I calmed down. She calmed down and I got on and we had a beautiful ride. Like, but I don't care who I am and I think I am. I had to humble myself to her and say, I need you to help me do this. And that is that do you believe that's something important that all humans have to take in everything? Yeah. We we Yeah. It there's nothing I am an only one human being and I make mistakes every day. I can do great things every day, but every day is a new day and what I did two years ago doesn't affect who I am today. Like those accomplishments mean nothing if I'm not making good choices and, and making, I don't care how sick I am unless I am in bed all day, which there has been days. But even those days, there was days I would listen to a podcast about disability rights. Like how could I make myself better that day? Because that's important that I'm better every day, that I've learned something every day, or I can impact my community every day. And my, every time you go to your horse, you sometimes, you just, it's a starting over. Um, you build trust. I'm not saying you don't, but you can break that trust with a horse really fast and have to start all over and building that, that really. How fortunate are we in North Dakota? I think about every day that even in Burley County, I guess there's 5,000 horse there's owners. There's 5,000 horse owners. I, I mean, mean that's about it. Burley County. That's what we are a real community. Looking at the weather or whatever, but looking at those positives, this is just one fortune we have to take advantage of. You agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> there is times I don't want to stay in North Dakota, <laughs> but there's times like, like riding horse and moving cattle and and even just driving out here this morning because I live in town and the sun was rising and I saw the fall trees going by Apple Creek School and I'm thinking there is nothing more beautiful than this and 
oh, this is this is a perfect morning. This is what I needed this morning. It's been a tough week. This is this is what I needed was just this vision this morning. I think that's a great place to end. But I also feel like we have so much more to visit with. What do you say, Becky? After Christmas, are you coming back? I would always come back. I love to talk. Just give me an opportunity. <laughs> Don't make me write anything. I think you love but laughing. I love laughing. I love laughing. I love never do I want my pain to be in vain. I guess I've lived that if I have to go through something, if there's anything I can share with others that helps make their pain. We all live, we all walk through a pile of shit at some point in life. It's not what, if it happens, it's when, and if I can help someone deal with that in one different way, um, it makes my, my pain not be in vain. So that's, that's really kind of how I've lived. Probably my bigger why than anything is if there's anything I can share to help someone's journey be a little bit better. Maybe it doesn't make it worth it, but it makes it tolerable. That's powerful. I don't even know how to expound on that. We have a few tears streaming in the room, but you're doing that. So thank you for joining us this morning so much. Bye, Becky. We'll see you. We'll see you in December. Okay. Thank you.